And we're back in the B block of the Miovirus podcast, episode number 86. And this week we're going to preempt just the tips and uh, take you live with, with Stanley McFadden for his thoughts on uh, what he has called the coonery of Uncle Justice Thomas. Ah. Uh. So the past few days, I've been trying to kind of get my mind right as to what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it uh, so that it's calm and I don't get myself arrested. So let, let's start out with getting some uh, a quick English lesson. Back in the early 1800s, a raccoon was uh, notably... given the characteristics of being both shy and shifty. Later on in the 1900s, that term for raccoon was shortened to coon, to mean someone that is both sly and shifty. Uh, later on in the 1900s, there became what were known as coon songs, which was a racist genre of music to parody black culture, often in blackface. Uh, so was blackface my... is a way of covering your face with black paint and or makeup to hide the whiteness underneath. A coon, therefore, is a black person who betrays black culture in favor of white people for white culture. The other term is an Uncle Tom. Now that one comes from the 1852 book entitled Uncle Tom's Cabin, written by Harriet Beecher Stowe. And a Uncle Tom in this regard is known as a black person, usually a man, who is considered by the black people to be subservient and to uh, carry or carry favor with white people. Second definition would be a person who exhibits overly differential behavior in this context. So when I call Justice Thomas a coon, that is exactly what I mean. You, motherfucker, have chosen to smile next to known racists, known bigots, known people that hate your fucking guts and would sooner see you hang from a tree than shake your hand. But this is the lot that you have chosen to, to share your fame with. Part of me is convinced that Justice Thomas is a white guy in blackface. A, he's pretty fucking dark. And B, I, I can't imagine that a black man in 2020 would pull this kind of fuckery that is going on here. Back in 1991, Anita Hill tried to stop Clarence Thomas from uh, taking power, ascending to his white throne, because he had only been a judge for a year before George Bush uh, voted him in to succeed Clarence, or sorry, uh, Thurgood Marshall. And we should have known then 
that this was a monster that needed to be stopped and it did not happen. So now we're at where we are, where this coonery that he is uh, exemplifying, I mean, it's just pure, it's pure fucking coonery right there to consistently betray your people and your culture and side with them and they and those that would seek your death before your hand. Do you think for a second that any any of those old white politicians give a fuck about you? And anything that you uh, represent, no. The only thing they carry that, that they care about is that you carry their agenda to the masses. And this, this is the betrayal that you have done. Wanting to reconsider the court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold. Griswold is a case versus Connecticut, 1965 that say that people have the right to privacy to protect against state legislations on contraceptions, meaning that it is if it is overturned, the state can outlaw birth control. The second reconsider that he wants to do is the case against Lawrence, which is Lawrence versus Thomas in 2003, that stated that it is no longer against the law for members of the same sex to engage in intimate sexual relations. That means if it is overturned, it would outlaw any sexual conduct that is not between a man and a woman. And the third reconsideration he wants is Obergefell versus Hodges in 2015 that protects same-sex marriage. Let's go back to this uh, 1965 one, Griswold versus Connecticut. So let me understand this correctly. In 1965, you would like to overturn uh, a consideration of due process in 1965, yet you yourself are the beneficiary of a due process precedent in 1967, which would be Loving versus the state of Virginia in 1967, which made it now legal to have interracial marriage. It did not escape notice, Uncle Tom, that you are married to a white woman and living in Virginia. If you think for one second that this ruling is going to stop where it's at, that that is not a slippery slope that is going to eventually take on the very fabric in your home. Now listen. I have made no, uh, uh, it, is, it is very obvious that I have uh, uh, an affection towards white women. I have made that perfectly clear here. Uh, I was married to a white woman. I personally have benefited from the case of Loving versus State of Virginia. I tell you now, and look at me when I say this, Uncle Tom, if you try to take away my right to bang white women, I will fly down to Virginia and I will punch you in the dick myself. Myself, personally, me, punching you in your old shriveled dick. I don't know why the fuck we're letting this raisin 
uh, tell us what we should be doing with our bodies. America has a lot of problems, obviously. One of which is the fact that when shit like this happens, we have a tendency to get mad for a day or two and then we let it go and move on to the next thing. This is what happens with the Black Rights Matter. Uh, this is what has happened to all things that happen in which the, the mass as a whole gets pissed off. But here's the thing, this shouldn't be dropped. What we have is a Supreme Court that is no longer unbiased. It is no longer one that is looking to simply uh, read the laws of the land and impart them impartially. What we have is fucking blackface and coonery and people that are seeking their own personal agenda. You know what did not exist in the Constitution, Uncle Tom? You. You are not mentioned in the Constitution. As a black man, as what you're trying to portray yourself as a black man, you are not in the Constitution because we were considered less than a person. So if you are going by what is mentioned in the Constitution, then the slope that you're on will lead to you not being covered by, this, by the civil rights that you yourself are seeking to destroy. You are not in the Constitution. Would you like to go back to being three-fifths of a person? Would you like to continue being Uncle Tom in that Harry Beecher Stowe uh, novel? Perhaps you should be reminded of what happened to that character in that story. He got whipped to death. Perhaps you should consider that before engaging in the slope that you're on. This issue is not about pro-life versus pro-choice. The, the, the irony of this is pushing for, pushing for pregnancy, pushing for birth, and ignoring things like uh, rape and incest and ectopic pregnancies and complications and uh, all the myriad of complications that come along with forcing people to have, forcing women to have babies. Uh, A, we are forgetting that black women are three times as likely to die during pregnancy and after. But for the sake of argument, let's say the child is born because that's what you forced. You've now been born and you've now forced being born into poverty and needing government assistance but you have also helped create a formula shortage. So you forced a baby to be born and not given them food. Okay, and they get a little older. Now you've restricted weight. So now that baby that didn't have enough formula that is now malnourished, then can't eat properly in their first few years of life. But then, let's say you managed to survive a few years later, now you need to go to the child care. But guess what? You've taken that away. And now they can't afford childcare centers. So now they get to school 
where mass shootings occur. Oh, but we can pray for them. So you can lead them in prayer as they're getting shot. Good fucking job. So then if they manage, those that manage to survive through high school, then you get restricted programs in high school and cut funding in high school. You have reduced education in high school. Now you get unemployment. Now you get a reduced admission into college. And what you have done is create a nation of problems. You know, I understand that uh, as a black man, my life expectancy is, I believe, 65. Yet it amazes me that you've been on this court for 30 plus years. I don't know what deal with the devil you made to keep your ass alive for this fucking long. But it amazes me that you've been able to fuck up this country this much in this short of time period. There was a dick punch with your name on it, and I would be happy, so fucking happy to deliver it to you. Justice Thomas, what you're doing is not only stupid, it is not only turning your back on your culture and your heritage and your ancestry, it is a dangerous slope for all of us. You have pissed off more than half of the nation. Don't think you're going to be happy with the results. And to all of the people that are listening to this, whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, that is not the issue. The bigger issue is that women are being told what to do with their bodies. Instead of protecting our women, you have handed them over to other politicians to do what they wish. Fuck you. Samuel Alito, Neil Gersuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Andy Coney Barrett, and John Roberts as a dissenter, along with Uncle Tom Coon, fuck you guys. That's for me to you. Uh, people, let us not get over this quickly. I'm not suggesting violent protests or anything like that, but let's not drop this issue. It needs to not be forgotten, swept under the rug. The coonery of Uncle Tom will not be forgiven. I, as a representative of the Black community, have hereby revoked your invitation to the cookout. Do not come. Do, do not uh, look at the invitation that you once held. It is no good. If you show up at the cookout, dig punches. Dig punches all around. And I'll be first in line. All right, so there you go. We have committed a federal offense here on the Media Virus Podcast, threatening a, a federal judge for good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, so I, I try to, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not. This is a, a comedy show. It's supposed to be funny. Most of the time. Right, well, I'm just it's saying. We, we've, all, we've, all, we've all used it for, for a platform, for what we've and, had to and, say. 
and honestly, I, I would have, you know, I would have preferred to just kind of leave the, this, the, the Roe versus Wade topic kind of at the door and, and, and kind of ignore it. But the world is in fact burning. So, you know, in, in true media virus style, I, we both, we need to both point and laugh uh, at what's going on. Uh, I don't want to get into the weeds, you know, now, we, now that we already have. Uh, but I don't want to get into the weeds, you know, uh, about separation of powers and judicial overreach or, or how guns are specifically mentioned in the Constitution, but infanticide isn't. But the purpose is to explore some bright sides. And in 1973, when the original decision was handed down, you know, society was, was a lot different. Uh, you know, before the word toxic was added to masculinity, dudes had th this... Mochis like mochismo was a thing. And like dudes with like chest hair and mustaches, and you know, they 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 notched their headboards. Like sex was a conquest. And you know, women were either Madonnas or whores. And I don't mean the Madonna that, that is a whore, I mean the virgin mother ideal. And and every every mother, everyone's mother was a was a was this fucking saint but they're all their nine sisters were whores. That, that never made sense to me. And it, see, but, and rape has always been like illegal, but there, there was a much different definition. It was much, much narrower in 1973 than it is. But I, so I thought it would be interesting to, you know, compare and contrast sexuality in society. Uh, and especially focusing on those persons who are susceptible to getting pregnant. Now, in 1973, this group of disaffected persons callously referred to without regard as women. Uh, and we just walked around assuming their genders that persons who are susceptible to getting pregnant were, were women. But in this day and age, it really seems like parents are way more upset when their child comes out as straight because they'll, their children will be ostracized at school. And, you know, so it got me to thinking, like, how many people are still having or and still engaging in this cisgendered heteronormative behavior? I mean, it's quite frankly, the, the whole act is bigoted. Uh, but don't fret just because the big swing and dick of the patriarchy just got shoved down your throat doesn't mean that it has to get you pregnant. And although the women's movement has been set back for 50 years, that doesn't mean that sexuality has to follow. Let's take a look at porn. Now, what I mean by that is not look at it right now, but take a look at porn in 1973. In order to view porn, you had to either A, walk into a porn theater, or, or B, acquire a projector, get the film, have a white wall, and this was, and, and, well, and or a silver was, screen. Let's be fair. The, no, the guy, mean, some dudes went, the, the no, aficionados some dudes went had the, had the equipment. Right. But that's the thing is that like, if you're not the aficionado and then now, do you remember watching porn with your friends? How awkward is that? Anybody else remember that? Like your what friends. What is porn? happening? What is happening right now? What? Why you don't you remember watching what? porn with friends? Because that was like the only house. way to do it back then. You never been over a friend's house and they had porn. I was by myself. Or you were spoiled. 
<laughs> but that's the point. In 19, and, but 1973 was like the golden age of porn is now. But I mean, back when we had VCRs and they had a VCR in your room, it was, you know, we were kids. That was cool. But you that know, wasn't always the case. I, that wasn't all right. That wasn't always the case. And uh, now, but the point, it was generally frowned upon. You, if you ever walked into a porn, no woman, woman walked into a porn theater or sought, sought out a projector. And, and now it's, well, porn is 25% of all search, searches, right? That's a fact. It's 25% of all search engine searches are, are porn related. So, and I know that you guys don't, you guys aren't following me yet. But, and masturbation was looked at completely different in, 19, in 1973. Do you have those, those articles? I do. Uh, let's see. The, the Vice article's not loading well. I mean, the I've got the text, but any any of the visuals with yeah, it? Yeah, that didn't have pictures. It just had okay. descriptions. Go to the one with pictures. Okay. So we've got 19 completely terrifying vintage sex toys. Is that where this was going? Apparently. Well, I... I'm really thrown off right now. I'm like really confused. Well, I think what I, I'm in 1973. You know, I I think that men were 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 more sexually aggressive, as a whole, just as because there was the, uh, there was a social pressure to be sexually aggressive. Like there was there was that, that there there was a. Pre in 1973, you weren't even alive. So, no, I was not. But I can, I can, I can see that. But you know, if you if but if you were to look at the look at the the movies of the time, the there are movies made in the 1970s that literally most rock and roll, like some of the hit songs in the 1970s, were about statutory rape. Look. They were about having sex with underage girls. There, you can go find so many 70s rock songs that. Anyway, and that that actually goes back to the fifties. But what I'm looking at is from uh, the era between 1880 and 1920. It's Dr. Makora's Pulsicon blood circulator. Um, yeah, that looks like a fishing pole thing. Yeah, it does look like a fishing reel. You got to wind it the same way, apparently. According to I want to thank I want to thank Doc for these pictures too. I mean, it was it was nice for her to take the time to open up her drawers and. <laughs> According to the Antique Vibrator Museum, this device had a strong vibration and a sound like a ratchet, <laughs> you know, to help you get in the mood. Oh, yeah. We also have the... That thing just looks unpleasant. That doesn't look like something that's... Mm -mm. Well, no, maybe, maybe you, you prefer 1906 Detweiler's pneumatic vibrator. I don't even understand who it's for. I can't tell by, like, there's a, the, the ends of it. Is, oh, oh, is, is this? Oh is dear! This the point, or are we leading to a point? Well, it was the. I think this was his point. I was leading. Okay. I'm leading to a point, but this is where okay. the funny oh is. Okay. Ah. Okay. You gotta um, understand, because because jokes, because like you need to have a point to make a joke, right. and then you kind of gotta lead into the joke. But there's a there's a bigger point. What's because the rush? It, the, the bigger point is right here in the middle. It's the black one. 
then you, then you have these other two <laughs> smaller points. <laughs> What's the, the hell is that brush thing for? For cleaning it. That's so that you can oh, say, no, okay. this is not to vibrate my genitals. It's to clean this over it's here. Clean your shoes. <laughs> brush sure, your shoes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Clean your shoes at the same time. Um, we also have the Arnold Massage Vibrator from 1909. Jesus like a pencil Christ. Surfing. Right? Like on a microphone, we're, too. No, we're getting a little bit better here. I mean, there, there's like, it, it, there's, you're starting to be able to look at it and say, that's probably a, just a big, mean vibrator from... You know, I mean, but ago. if you're not, but if you're not in that frame of mind, see, here's the thing: we're looking at this with some some pretty filthy minds. You, you know what I'm saying? We're like in what was this? Nineteen. This one's uh, 1909. 1909. And these were like a lot of these were owned by like doctors. Uh, Mark Twain oh. owned an Arnold. Oh. You know, at some point before Juliet has to go and Doc has to go, I would love to hear some of their thoughts on Roe v. Wade. Not to beat the dead horse. Not to beat uh, the old white man with the dead horse. But uh, I feel like that might be a, a, an important place. Because we go. happen to have, yeah. we both happen to have a, a uterus well, as uterus owning people. Because I mean. y'all have uteri. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I sent in footage and photographs from the protest and an interview. Yes, I was I was unable to to make uh, any significant change to that audio. Um, yeah, the audio when you were holding the phone close was great, but then with the when you did the interview, it was I I didn't know if Mike was going to be able to well, extrapolate, okay, and I so thought he I I'm honestly thinking. thought we had that loaded. I didn't. I no, I, 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 I haven't yeah. loaded it yet. Well, um, no, you know what? Big Daddy had his rant, and we're looking inside now. So this is what the show is. So. so no, right? That's that's the. <clears throat> no, I, oh. I definitely. Uh, I I I I just I couldn't get it to where it was gonna be spectacular. I I thought I could take some of that, but I, I the. The issue was it was going to be audio only at some point because I couldn't put it back together. Mm -hmm. Bear with me. I, I think what they did was atrocious and awful and should have never fucking happened because taking that right away doesn't mean it's going to stop abortions at all. It's just going to put more women well, in danger. I mean, honestly. And it's, it's terrible. They should have never done it. And now they're opening up a bunch of other things that can be taken away. As a person who owns a uterus, I'm in an interracial marriage, and um, I am part of the LGBT community as well. It's like opening doors in all aspects for me, and it's fucking dangerous, and it's terrifying, and it's scary. And I'm trying to avoid and just ignore everything because I get too emotionally involved in things, but it's like... I'm ready to leave this country because it's, it's just going to get worse. And it's not like we're going back in time. We're getting into a more dangerous place, I think. I think you're right. So since we don't have um, audio, uh, since we don't have what we wanted from from the protest, yeah. Doc, do you have any thoughts on the protest? 
since you saw it firsthand? And I can. I can read her mind. <laughs> I do have, I do have video here. Bear with me. I think we're all telepathically communicating right now. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's. I have nothing to say that hasn't already been said. Yeah. Or that matters. You know, the older I get, the more convinced I am that nobody gives a shit what I think. So. I have less and less to say. Well, you'd be surprised who does give a shit, but... Um... You know what's funny is I, I seem to get less opinionated about shit the older I get. And it, 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 you should have seen me before. But uh, it, it, it just seems like this, this, is the, this is what my kid... Well, not this. Not... Right. Not... not, not that's, this isn't specifically what I'm referring to. But let's, uh, let's watch this video here. Okay, so guys, I'm right here at the Supreme Court, and there's a huge protest going on. The Supreme Court has just overturned Roe v. Wave, and there is an enormous mob, and they are pissed. We have chanting, we have signs, we have all kinds of people here. I don't know if you can hear me, but uh, yeah, there it is. Okay, so guys, I'm right here at the Supreme Court, and there's a huge... So for context, you sent me this moments after the... Like, it, it hadn't been long before there was an, an announcement. I mean, this was just as it happened, correct? Yeah, it was a few hours in. It was a few hours after they had overturned it. I happened to be in D.C. on that day uh, visiting my dad. So my um, my partner's brother had been visiting us from England. And so um, we, were, we were visiting D.C. to, like, you know, go see the monuments and whatever. And uh, So you just happened to be in D.C.? Yeah, I that, just happened to be there. You you weren't. It wasn't like you knew this was was because, like I know that we knew there was leak. There was talk of of this yeah, decision for several weeks, but they didn't know yeah. when it was going to be handed out or if it was like accurate. I always wondered how that got out, and like if they made their decision so long ago, why did it take this long to come out? And what is, and this case is about a Texas or was that Michigan? Georgia? It was actually, uh, yeah. Georgia had, had petitioned the court to review um, a law that they wanted to, that they had tried to pass and, and wanted to, that, you know, there was some, they want clarification and the, the actual petition asked, specifically said, we don't feel like you need to overturn Roe. We just need to know if our 15-week ban is going to be constitutional or not. Can we do this? Um, but their arguments that that they presented after that, they actually did start to go after Roe a bit. I read Justice Roberts' 12-page uh, dissent. Uh, he concurs with the with the outcome, the, the fact that Roe was overturned. He, he doesn't, he doesn't say, Hey, you know, I'm, I, th I think Roe should stand because Roe's right. What he said was, um, he thought the court made an error based on judicial restraint. The question that was asked was, is 15 weeks cool? And if 15 weeks was cool, uh, basically the court needed to step up and clarify that. 
make the statement based on that and say yes you know you can you can you can make your law in that you know it, this doesn't go against Roe basically um in fact it would have taken down part of Casey I believe um but his his bigger point was this this decision was answering questions that weren't asked um so yeah So on in another, uh, I think I sent you know some information that the DOJ is imposing some guidelines on the states. To, uh, to one, I think. Uh, where did you, you have that article? It? I I remember seeing it and I liked it and I don't remember where that 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 was in in a chat that we talked about right. It, I that really, was it was really outside of, I... it was outside of show stuff right. Oh shit! No, I thought I sent it to the show stuff. Uh, my bad. Let me but, check. Uh, you may have. I may have missed it. Now you can't. They can't make any ban that uh, would against uh, the 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 trifecta: uh, rape, incest, uh, or uh, medical emergency. Yeah, let me grab that. Now, the amount of providers is, of course, going to be limited in those states. That's going to be a challenge. And there's also, there can be no bans against crossing state lines. Now, I think that was part of the fucking law for that bullshit in Texas. Yes. But I'm thinking of some other fucking problem where they tried to make it against the law after a certain amount of time, but then they also made it against the law to leave the fucking state to get the abortion. But the, 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 the thing in Texas that was weird was to, to do an end run around Roe, they made it so that it wasn't an actual criminal case. Someone had to sue you privately. Oh, that's right. And so there was a lot of people out for out for a payday, and it caused a caused a bunch of problems. Okay, uh, yeah, I've got uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland said Justice Department strongly disagree with the Dobbs decision, and outlined several red lines the agency believes states couldn't cross in banning abortion. In a statement Friday morning, Garland said states couldn't restrict a woman's ability to travel to another state to obtain an abortion, nor ban federally approved medication that terminates a pregnancy. In particular, Mr. Garland said states could not ban the use of mifepristone based on any disagreements that they may have with the Food and Drug Administration's expert judgment about the drug. He also uh, said that federal agencies could continue to provide reproductive health services authorized by federal law, and federal employees couldn't be held liable for doing so. That was that was. <laughs> I saw somewhere that a, a list of uh, companies had come out. I didn't post anything in the show, but a list of of companies had come out that will pay for your travel expenses if you work. Um, the reason it was brought to my attention is somebody who's, you know, Uber and both Uber and Lyft were, were listed that they will, they will pay for their employees to, hmm. to go. As you know, most Uber drivers are not, they're not employees. They're, they're independent contractors. Right. And don't get medical insurance. But they had to get on that list because that makes them look like... There's there. I would imagine how many Uber, how many uh, 
how many Uber or Lyft corporate employees live in a red state? Well, there's there's no matter how you slice it, there's far less of them because they've both dumped employees over the past couple of years. Right. So that's point that I'm making is it's just most of that's just conjecture and positioning. It's like Amber Crimey and Fish telling us that Black Lives Matter. Right. That's exactly. Yes. It's a perfect analogy to the to that. All right. Uh, why don't does anyone else have anything for this topic? Perhaps it's time to wrap this block of a uh, block of joy. I, I you know, Ju- heavy, Juliet right? made Juliet made it abundantly clear that she only had until ten o'clock because uh, she was going out. So it's nine fifty four. Uh, you know, we're just gonna have to. So I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I, do you have time? Do you want to play? Or do you, I mean, it's I do want to play, but I don't know. Can we go no later than ten ten? I mean, I it's fifteen questions. Oh, uh, you know what we can do? We can do, we can play until ten ten. Whoever is up at ten ten wins. All right, let's do it. All right, let's, let's all do right. it. Let me Shut get this re- down. Let me get really set for that, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the B block of uh, the Media Virus Podcast. Sorry, there wasn't much funny, but we sometimes have some heavy things that we have to talk about. And if you want to talk about some heavy shit with us, it's one six four six virus zero one. That's one six four six virus zero one. And we will be back right after. How's that? Worse. Much worse. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Mike's oh, voice is always the first thing heard. Okay. And we wait for Mike to stop talking. I'm the host now. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Mike's oh, voice. Mike's oh, voice. Oh, and we wait for Mike to stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. Stop talking. I'm the host now. The Media Virus Podcast. Starring Maddie Rockdown.